Thanks for listening to the Seeds Church Podcast. If you're in Middle Tennessee, we'd love to have you join us in person for one of our services. Check out SeedsChurchTN.com for times and locations. Now, here's our lead pastor, J.D. Swilly. Today we have a, a special guest with us. Like I said, I, I was on vacation this past week, and so as to actually truly be on vacation, um, I've asked my brother-in-law, Jeremy Sears, to come and deliver the word this morning. So uh, Jeremy's been with us. Uh, I believe this may, might have been your third time preaching here at Seeds, and uh, you've been such a blessing to our church. You're blessing to my life as my brother-in-law, but you're blessing to this church family as well. And uh, we love you and love your family. I know you're just, you're, you're flying dad of two young boys today. You don't have the whole family with you, but uh, would you guys just welcome him as he comes? And we're going to pray over him. <laughs> Heavenly Father, I just thank you for Jeremy, and I thank you for the word that you've given to him today. And I ask you to give us to e- have ears to hear what the Spirit is saying to us. Give him the words to say what it is that you want him to say. And Lord, I just pray that when we walk out of this place, that we're not holding anything back from you and that, Lord, we receive every bit of of correction, direction, and affirmation that you have for us. Lord, if there's ways in our thinking that need to be changed, we ask you to do that in us. If there's affections in our hearts that are given to other things that are not you, Lord, we ask you to turn our hearts towards you. Lord, we want all of us to belong to you, nothing holding back. In the name of Jesus. And everybody said amen. 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 Thank you, brother. Thank you. And I do mean brother. So, yes, I, it is such a, I was sharing with the team this morning. It is so good when they're walking around praying over every seat in the house this morning. That God just gets a hold of everybody. You guys have no idea how incredibly important it is to take hold of our atmosphere. Do you know what I'm saying? And that's in our houses, that's in in our workplace, it's everywhere we go. But to take that minute to take hold of the atmosphere and just say, you know what? This This belongs to you. This seat belongs to you. Whoever sits in this seat belongs to you. And so I was just really blessed this morning and it is such an honor to be back. I wasn't sure I'd ever be asked again after last time we were here to come back. But um, don't worry, we're not gonna have any object lessons this morning. It's not family Sunday, so nobody's coming up to, to pretend to be some, who, the, the guy that was, the, the candelabra guy was, that was your son? He didn't move. He's perfect. I bet hide and seek is a nightmare with that kid. You know, when my little guys do hide and seek, I can, I can tell where they're at. You just have to walk in. It's like, you know, you can hear them, right? That kid was a stone. So, But this morning, I'm going to be taking our text out of John chapter uh, 21. If you have your Bibles or your apps, I don't know if apps work here or not. Yeah, no, I I preached in a church a couple weeks ago in Stony Creek, Tennessee. Anybody ever been to Stony Creek? Yeah, no. Do you know why? It doesn't exist on a map. And we got there, and I'm like, if you have your apps, and everybody just started laughing because, you know, there's nothing. There's no service. There's no anything. And it's, it's in what we call a holler. So, yeah, we're going to be taking our text this morning from John chapter 21. And it's, it's, a, it's an account of Jesus and fish. 
which isn't the first time Jesus does stuff with fish, is it? So I love, I love fishing. I'm not any good at it, but I love it. And, uh, but in, the, in this account, John, John writes, and, and this happens. Now, remember, I, I'm going to give you context because that's everything. Where, where Jesus has, has been crucified on a cross, and these 12 guys who have followed him around and, and drank the Kool-Aid for the past few years, right, see this happen. And they see Jesus on the cross, and then what do they do? Come on, anybody, right? They run away, don't they? They run and hide. They, they, basically, they basically realize that they, they feel like everything in their heart, everything that he said, that, that it's over. It's over. And Jesus, you know, did that little thing we call resurrection, Right? <laughs> And he appears to them two times. He appears to them. And so they know he's risen. They know he isn't there. And, and in John chapter 21, we, we see John writes, Afterward, Jesus appeared again to his disciples. There, oh, I can read it back there. That's good. That's so good. Beside the Sea of Galilee. And this is how it happened. Several other disciples were there, Simon Peter, Thomas, nicknamed the twin, Nathaniel from Cana in Galilee, and the sons of Zebedee, and two other disciples. Simon Peter said, I'm going fishing. We'll come too, they said. So they went out in the boat, but when they caught nothing all night, at dawn Jesus was standing on the beach, but the disciples couldn't see who it was, and he called out, fellows, have you caught any fish? And just like me, they said, no. Did I share this story last time I was here? I took my mother fishing, Jamie's mom, who is also my mom. <laughs> and I took her out fishing. And we're there. She's 80, whatever. And, and it's hard to get her out there. It involves a whole lot. You know, it's not as simple as like, let's go fishing. Hop in the truck. No. It's, I'm going to lift you into the truck. We got, we, so <clears throat> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. So we, we go fishing and, and we're fishing and we're there for an hour and not catching anything. And we're just using worms. Nothing special because worms usually just work. We're there for an hour, catch nothing. This family, this man with two daughters comes with worms and fishes from here to the wall and they just start hauling them in. That's my luck in fishing, right? That's how I feel about this. These guys are out there all night. They're fishing. There's nothing. They're catching nothing. They're catching nothing. And, and this guy says, y'all caught anything? Which is what we do when we're fishing, isn't it, guys? Y'all, they biting this morning? Y'all catch anything? So Jesus is on the beach, and he says, have you guys caught any, any fish? And they said, no. No, we re they replied. We'll go to the next one. Then he said, throw out your net on the right-hand side of the boat, and you'll get some. So they did, and they couldn't haul in the net because there were so many fish in it. Just like that. Then the disciple Jesus loved said to Peter, I love this. Let me just stop right here. Like, how many of you know 
Like, John did not have anybody proofread this before he marked. <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? How many times does John say in the word, he describes himself as the one that Jesus loved, right? I mean, imagine sharing that with everybody. Hey, Matt, read this, you know? Hey, Pete, come take a look at this. Look at what I wrote. Then the disciple that Jesus loved <laughs> recognized him. He says, it's the Lord. And then when Simon Peter heard it, it was the Lord. He put on his tunic for he had stripped for work. And then he jumped into the water and he, he headed to shore. Now, when, when I read scripture, I always try to visualize everything like a movie. Does anybody else do that in here? Come on. Yeah. It really helps, doesn't it? And so, so when, you, when this moment happens, it's like, it's the Lord. And Peter's like, I'm, I'm putting on my tunic. And it says that they're like 100 yards out. And Pete can't, Pete just can't, man. He's got to get to Jesus. So he puts on his tunic and he jumps in the water and he begins to swim for 100 yards. And I imagine Jesus is on the shore. And he sees Peter standing up in this boat, right? Jumping into the water 100 yards out, and he's probably like, oh, Peter. <laughs> so he's got his Apple watch, and he sets a timer. <laughs> and two and a half minutes later, Peter finally gets there because he couldn't wait to see Jesus. That's how impulsive he was. Couldn't wait to see Jesus. And he jumps out into the water, and he starts heading to the shore. But the others who had common sense stayed in the boat, Pulled the, pulled the nets up, right? For they were only 100 yards out. <clears throat> when they got there, they found breakfast waiting for them, fish cooking over a charcoal fire and some bread. Bring some of the fish you just caught, Jesus said. So Simon Peter went, went aboard and dragged the net to shore. There were 153 fish, and yet the net hadn't torn. Now come and have some breakfast, Jesus said. None of the disciples dared to ask him, who are you? They knew it was the Lord. And then Jesus served them the bread and the fish. This was the third time that Jesus had appeared to his disciples since he had been raised from the dead. 153 fish. Anybody ever, has anybody ever done a deep dive into this scripture? Anybody gone into the Greek and all the good stuff on this before? Well, I'm just going to tell you, if you dare to do that, there's all kinds of different things, and the theologians argue, which is what theologians do, just so you all know. <laughs> they argue all the time. But 153 fish, and there's all kinds of different perspectives on what the number 153 means in this thing we call gematria. Have anybody ever heard of this? Like, oh, every number stands for a letter and every letter stands for, uh, you know, it's like, okay, I get it. I, I get it. And it works. It's great. But 153 fish. I kind of lean on the simplicity of things. For the people reading this at that time, they knew that 153 fish, there was only 153 known species of fish at the time. And I believe that it's, they caught all of them. It's like Chuck Norris doing push-ups. <laughs> How many can, push-ups can Chuck Norris do? All of them, right? 
And so God's saying in his word, he's saying simply this. He's saying they, they put the nets on the other side in obedience, which isn't easy to do, and they just caught them all because that's how great Jesus is, right? They caught them all. All right, let's get into the meat of the word now. After breakfast, Jesus asked Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, Peter replied, you know I love you. Then feed my lambs, Jesus told him. Jesus repeated the question, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Yes, Lord, Peter said, you know that I love you. Then take care of my sheep. Sheep. My boys just went to a rodeo night, night before last and saw the sheep riders. So now I got to get some sheep. And a horse, yeah. <clears throat> you guys are supposed to be in kids' church. And a third time, he says to Simon, son of John, do you love me? And, and Peter's hurt at this point. Guys, how many of your wives have to ask you three times? Well, they have to ask you three times to take out the trash. But do you love me? Yes. Yes, of course I love you. And there's people that say, well, you know, Jesus asked Peter this three times because Peter denied Christ three times. And so for every time Peter denied Jesus, Jesus is trying to get, to get him re redemption, so to speak, right? To, to, to reconfirm that. And, you know, I, I, don't, I don't know if I, I don't really frankly care. Jesus died for me, right? So we don't have to go into all of that. What we do know is this. Jesus is asking Peter this question three times. Do you love me more than these? And I want us to notice something. He says, feed my lambs. Feed my sheep. And I want to say this this morning. It's so refreshing to see a church that is feeding both lambs and sheeps. Not one that's got the target demographic not one that's trying to build their church, their church kingdom, the house, on a certain type of person. Because Jesus says, whosoever will may come. And he speaks to Peter. He says, feed the young, feed the old, feed the black, feed the white, right? Feed them all. Because church shouldn't be a business model. Because Jesus wasn't a business guy. He says to Peter, feed my sheep. If you love me, you feed my sheep. So where are we going this morning? I think it's fascinating that not only does Jesus ask Peter if he loves him, but he asks Peter if he loves him more than these. And that begs the question. You have to read that and go, more than what? Anybody ever read that and go, what are you talking about, God? What, do you love me more than what? I mean, Peter just has this, like, he's going on the Bass Pro Shop speaking circuit at this point, right? You love me more than these fish? How about your friends? Do you love me more than these disciples? Do you love me more than what I'm giving you? And, I, and I'm... 
I want to touch on this this morning because I think in our Christian walk, this is so incredibly important because so many times in your life, God will bless you with something. Man, God just blessed me with, with this position at work that I love. Maybe more than Jesus. My position. Peter, do you love me more than your position? You see, remember, they, they, I, I titled this message, by the way, this morning, um, going back to what you know. Right? Because we're in a season right now where I'm going back to what I know. I was a senior pastor of a big church for a while, and we were released, and we find ourselves in a position where there are churches available, but they're not churches that are full-time positions, so I got to do something else, right? So I'm going back to what I know, and there's a danger there. And you all sit here and go, well, what's the danger? You got to provide for your family. Well, the danger is the provision that God gives me could easily sway me from pursuing a position where the pay isn't as good. And so many of us get trapped in this box of, I feel the Lord wanting me to go over here, but I know if I go over here, I've got to sacrifice this over here. And so I've got all this stuff. How am I going to pay for Paramount Plus? <laughs> Come on. If I follow the Lord, if I follow his direction, do, am I going to lose all the stuff that I've got? Do I love him more than these? And our provision, all the stuff that God gives us. And listen, I'm going to tell you, his blessings are abundant. Right? Amen. We live in a place where the poorest of us have a cell phone. His blessings are abundant. But so often we get in ministry, there's a saying that says, that says, don't get so caught up in the work of the Lord that you forget the Lord of the work. And that's what happens. Where, where we're caught up doing all these things, making it for our families, doing, doing everything we can, that we get caught up in this, this stuff that God gives us, which is great, but we're not willing to sacrifice. And in Peter's case, do you love me more than the stuff I've given you, Peter? You love me more than these fish? How about your friends, these other disciples? Do you love me more than the people in your life? Oh, this is a tough one. This is a tough one. What if the people in your life are the very people, the people that God has given you to raise up? My, my two sons are sitting here with me. My wife's not here, which is why I get to say this this morning. <laughs> would I be willing, would I be willing, God help me, that you would never ask that of me. But would I be willing, like Peter to leave it all to follow Christ. Whew. Well, God would never have me do that. You're probably right because family is important to him. Amen? Because family is everything to him. Marriage emulates the relationship he has with the world. But do you love me more than these? What about your, your provision, your position, your work, what you do, your friends, the stuff God has given you, 
Jesus says to Peter, do you love me more than these? Isn't it funny? An open-ended question. One without a direct, can, can open up this world for us if we let it, where we sit back and question our own stuff. It's an, it's, this, is, this is a message that I'm struggling with this morning. What am I willing to do? My position, my provisions, my tribe. Peter, do you love me more than these? And this morning, church, I mean, I think he asked us the same questions. Do you love him more than those things? Jesus goes on to tell you, I tell you the truth. When you were young, you were able to do as you liked. Boy, isn't that true. My kids are going to ride sheep. You dressed yourself abundantly clear. (laughs) Went wherever you wanted to go. But when you're old, you're going to stretch out your hands. And others will dress you and take you where you don't want to go. Forecasting the death of Peter, forecasting what's going to happen to Peter, who, as we know, was martyred upside down. He was crucified like Christ, but he said, You put me upside down. I don't want to be like him, crucified like him. I'm not worthy of that, so turn me upside down. This guy who denies Jesus three times. This guy who, after Christ is crucified and appears to them twice, decides that he's going to go back to what he knows. Hey, fellas, let's go fishing. It's all I know. It's over. In the end, the Holy Spirit gets a hold of him. He says, I'm not worthy to be even crucified the way that Christ is crucified. We've got kids going to camp this week. And I want to tell you guys, here's what happens, because I've been to camp. Number one, usually you get a girlfriend. (laughs) Or boyfriend. Number two, God gets a hold of your life. Like the third night, you know? Like you fight it, and then all of a sudden you're like, I'm just, okay, take me. And you become jello in the hands of Jesus, right? And God begins to shape you and begins to mold you and begins to do great things in you. And you have an encounter with the everlasting. And then you come home and what happens? You go right back to what you know. This is what Peter did. This giant of our faith, this guy who, who he's the rock, right? I'm gonna build my church and the gates of hell are not gonna prevail against it. Peter, And he says, I'm going right back to what I know, guys. Let's go fishing. And there's a danger in this. There's a danger in this game. When we go right back to what we know, sometimes we can get ensnared and encircled in the stuff of comfort, our friends, our family, our provision. And Jesus asks him the question, do you love me more than this stuff? All of it. 
And he's going to ask you the same thing when you get back. What are you willing to give up? You're talking about Gideon. You're talking about the the Asher pole. You're talking about tearing down the altars of Baal. And listen, I'm going to tell you, church, this morning, we build altars of Baal all the time, and we don't even realize we're doing it. Sometimes in the name of God, we're building altars of Baal. Things that get in the way of our simple relationship with Jesus. And he wants to bring you by the fire and ask you this simple question. Do you love me more than these? Do you love me more than these? I don't know where you're at this morning. But he's asking you that question. He's asking me that question. Jesus says this to him in verse 19. Jesus in 20. Peter turned around and saw behind them the disciple that Jesus loved. The one who had leaned over to Jesus during the supper and asked, Lord, who will betray you? Peter asked Jesus, what about him? And Jesus replies, I want him to remain alive until I return. If I want that, what is that to you? I love it because so often we get so consumed in what everybody else is doing, don't we? I mean, is this not the model of the church and the encounter with God and how the enemy wants to derail us? And we can see it poured out in Scripture. God is concerned about you. And he's asking you, are you concerned enough about me this morning? So often we sacrifice our relationship to the Father on the altar of religion, on the altar of family, on the altar of our workplace, our busyness. I'm gonna tell you, our church in summertime would be at half because of baseball. I'm just telling you, travel ball. We even went as far as a church. We had ball fields in our, on our property and we sponsored a team because that's what they decided they wanted to do. And I agreed to it, not realizing that that would cost me half my church all summer. Man, it's time we as a church, we as people of God, stand up and say, you know what? I love you more. And I'm not gonna allow these things in my life. I'm not gonna allow these things, even though they're good, honorable, they're they're things that you have given me. I'm not going to allow them to take your place because this is what we do. This is what Peter did. And if a guy who walked with Jesus 
A guy who knew him so well, a guy who refused to be crucified like Christ, can stand and say and get, get upset that Jesus is asking him this question over and over and over. Do you love me more than these? Do you love me more than these? Don't you think we should be a little upset this morning? Because he's asking us the same question all the time. And there's a danger when we stop hearing it. Provision, people, positions. We go back to what we know. Because we're comfortable there and God is saying no this morning. He's asking us a simple question. What are you and I willing to do? What are you and I willing to give up to follow him? The day is coming and now is when the believers are going to have to start sacrificing things. Do I need to say that again? Because it's going to make people uncomfortable, but it's true. The day is coming and now is when believers are going to have to start sacrificing things. We don't even have the rights anymore to parent our children. And it's going to get worse and worse and worse. And I don't know about you, but I'm willing. I hope I'm willing to follow him first, to seek him first. And so our challenge this morning, in closing, There's something about this account with Peter. There's something about Peter that really resonates with me. Maybe it's his impetuous nature, right? That he can't, that, that he's got to jump out of the boat and swim to Jesus. But he's the same guy who has to jump out of the boat and swim to Jesus, who cuts ears off of people, who, who can't help himself, right? He's the same guy who has this struggle, He's the same guy that Jesus says, do you love me more than these? Really? I mean, I'm jumping out of a boat, swimming 100 yards to be with you. I'm not gonna let anybody take you. I'm gonna cut their ear off. I'm gonna do all these things because I just love you so much. And Jesus still has to ask him. And if he's asking this guy, what's that say about me? What's that say about you this morning? Somebody who leaves his own family to follow Jesus. And after having this encounter with Christ, he goes right back to what he knows because it's comfortable and he knows he can afford to feed his family. There's less risk in it. for you and I this morning. Are we risking anything? 
for the cause of Christ. Anything. Holy Spirit, I just ask that you would take this moment and she would speak to the hearts of men and women. Speak to my heart, God. Is there anything in me that I've put up in front of you? Or do I love you more than these? Do I love you more than these? God, we would, that we would become the people that we sing about. that we would really become the people that pursue you. That really believe that you are worthy of it all. Challenge us this morning, God. Let us, like Peter, the kind of heart that wants to jump out of the boat and swim for it. But let us always be a people who keep our priorities squarely on you. You might be in this room this morning and not know. Or feel like you have known the goodness of God at some point in your life. But that feeling that you used to have, that, that summer camp feeling where God got a hold of you and there was an encounter that you thought, I'll never be the same again, but you find yourself in a place where you've gone right back to what you know, right back to the areas of comfort in your life. You begin to feel farther and farther away from your heavenly father, farther and farther away from Jesus. And I wanna tell you this morning, no matter how far away you feel from Jesus, it's only one step to get back to him. And that is, I repent, God. I, like Peter, have gone right back to what I know. I've put all the things of this world, the things that you've given me in your goodness even, I've put above you. And if I'm honest this morning, which in church we should be, but it's the hardest place for honesty to exist. If I'm honest this morning, I'm not seeking first the kingdom of God. I'm seeking my kingdom. 
If that's you this morning, friend, where you say, you know what, I profess Jesus with, with my mouth. I've made him the Lord of my life publicly. And yet privately there are things I struggle with that I'm just not willing to let go of. He's asking you, do you love me more than these this morning? And I want to encourage you. Just ask Jesus to forgive you. Release that to him. To rededicate your life to Jesus. And if you've never made that dedication, friends, he is as close as the mention of his name. You don't have to have your life in order. Jesus says, whosoever will may come. He'll sort it out. You just have to say, Lord Jesus, I believe in my heart that you died on the cross for my sins and that on the third day you were resurrected. I ask you to come into my heart and my life. Forgive me. Friends, if that's you this morning, prayer team would love to pray with you. I would love to pray with you. And if you just find yourself in a place this morning where you're struggling with some priorities, man, I'd love to pray with you. Thank you, Lord. It's in Jesus' name. I'm going to do this this morning. Just in response to the, the word that we heard, which is we'll all stand up right now. <clears throat> Prayer team, I'm going to have you come down front right now. Come right here. We're not going to dismiss the service just right this very moment. But what I'd like for us to do is just take a moment and in response to this word that we heard, Jesus is saying, do you love me? And for, I would say, you know, many of us in here, the answer is yes, but there's maybe micro places in our hearts where there's still opportunity for full surrender. It's like we still have, we say we trust in the Lord, but we're still clinging on to something else. And it's not like your life is a total mess or a wreck or you're walking in a backslid life, but there's these little areas in our life where we're still like, yes, Lord, I love you, but still have this. So in response to this, let's just tell the Lord that he is worthy of it all. Not worthy of 98%, but he's worthy of 100%. And if you're here today and you prayed the prayer with Jeremy to surrender your life to the Lord, whether it was for the first time or another time, I want to ask you to come forward and pray with one of my friends here on the prayer team. Or if there's anything else going on in your life that you need prayer for, whether it be healing in your body, whether it be a turnaround and a 
family relationship, whether it be a miracle or a breakthrough in some other kind of thing in your life. Maybe you're in the area of confusion or doubt right now concerning certain situations, uncertainty. And you're just like, God, I just, want, I just need to know what to do. Let's come together and pray together and believe that God is hearing us, that he's guiding us. But let's give him all of our affection and all of our attention and all of our devotion and tell him that he is worthy of it all. But as we're singing this, if you need prayer, go ahead and come forward. But the rest of us, before we just run out of here and dismiss, let's just sing this, that, we're, that he's worthy of it all. time. Let's tell him. We're telling ourselves. We're telling him. He's worthy. Jesus, we give you all of our affection, all of our devotion, our attention, Lord God. Holy Spirit, quicken our hearts, and we ask you to actually convict us. We welcome the conviction if there are areas in our life that are not devoted to Jesus, if they're not under the submitted to under his kingship and his lordship, if there's areas where we have given love to other things more than we have given love to him. If there's areas where we have built altars and syncretized our devotion to other things along with God, 
Lord, we break agreement with that. We tear down those altars of Baal. We cut down the Asherah pole, Lord God. We don't want to come, even come back to those things. We want to build an altar to the Lord in the place of those things. Have your presence come and dwell. Have your presence come and rest and live and reign and, and have your way in our life, Lord God. All of us belongs to you. God, you come where you're wanted, so we say we want you. We say it over and over and over again, and we want you in every part of our heart, every part of our life, every habit that we have, every pattern, every cycle, Lord God, that we go through in our lives. We want your lordship to reign. We want you to have your way. We say not our will be done, but your will be done. We say less of me and more of you. All of us. God, every part of our being belongs to you. God, I thank you for this church, for what you're doing here in and among us. I thank you for the families that are represented, God. I pray, God, you're helping us continue to build altars, God, to make our homes an altar to you, where your living presence can come and have its way in our home. God, that we would not just give you our lip service. God, it would not just be we, we do this on the weekends and the rest of our life, Lord God, the rest of the week, we live our lives the way that we want to. But Lord, I pray that every part of our life is devoted and given to you for your will to be done and not ours. God, I pray blessing over your people today as they step in faith, they walk in faith and obedience to you. Lord, I pray that they would reap the rewards of obedience. God, I thank you that your word says that those who are willing and obedient to what you've called them to, God, that they shall eat the good of the land. God, that they will prosper. And I pray that over your people, God, that they would prosper in spirit, soul, and body. In every single way, Lord, I pray for those who are dealing with, they need a, a, a miracle of healing in their body. God, they've got questions going on with, I don't know what's going on with this. I don't know why my body's acting this way right now. I don't know. I, there, there's all these questions. Or maybe the doctor's trying to help figure it out. But Lord, I just pray for supernatural healing to come and enter their bodies. And I pray that by your stripes, Jesus, that they are healed. Lord, I thank you for all the other ways that you want to, to grow us, to cultivate us, God, to cultivate the fruit of the Spirit in our lives, and we say yes to it. We come into agreement with your plan for our lives, and that the people of God said amen. 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 God, we give you all, all of us. You are worthy of it all in the name of Jesus. So, Lord, I pray blessing over your people today. God, I pray that the words of our mouth and the meditation of our hearts would be pleasing unto you, O Lord, our God, our rock and our redeemer. In the name of Jesus, amen. If you need prayer, you, there's still time to come forward. Pray with one of my friends on the prayer team. Otherwise, go in peace and in power to love and serve the Lord. Thanks for listening. Stay connected with us at SeedsChurchTN.com and on social media. Our mission at Seeds Church is to help people discover who God created them to be and equip them to do what He called them to do. One of the easiest ways you can help us accomplish our mission is by simply sharing this podcast. You can do so by subscribing, leaving a review on iTunes, or sharing it with your friends on Facebook. Thanks again for listening. We hope to see you soon.